we don't want to see this anymore. It's because it is my men and women that are pulling those bodies from the river. It is my men and women that are seeing them out there in the desert, that are risking their own lives. And whenever they transfer them to the ambulance or the hospital, hoping and praying that they live. And at the end of the day, they have to go home and face their families and put on a brave face and try and live a normal life. I saw a little girl die with her mother and her father couldn't take it and hung himself. Don't come here and drain our water. I'm Demi Virgin with Sinclair Broadcasting. Thank you for joining us again for another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. Not too long ago, we were invited to Eagle Pass by Border Patrol, the Del Rio sector. Chief Owens once again opened up the doors for the media to see exactly what they go through every single day. We met a group of migrants who had just crossed, and they told us that the trip was not only difficult, the trip almost took their lives. But they all agreed on one thing, women and children should not make this trip to the United States. ¿Qué tú le dirías a una persona que va a hacer este viaje? Si ustedes pasaron por Darien, yo soy de Panamá, yo he ah, estado sí, en sí. Darien. ¿Qué usted le dirían a una persona que quiera hacer esa misma travesía que ustedes pasaron por esa jungla para llegar hasta aquí? Lo único que bueno. le pediría, más que todo a las la mujeres y a los niños, que no, no, no los arriesguen a eso. No lo arriesga tanto, ¿ah? la mujer y los niños hombre, más que todo, y como mujer embarazada, que, como mujer embarazada también que nosotros vimos en el, claro. en el camino. Yo vi morir sí. a una niña con su mamá y su papá no aguantó y se ahorcó, se le cayó al río y la niña se fue y se ahogó, y ella por ir a salvar le pegó la, la cabeza a una piedra y ahí quedó, pues el papá no aguantó la, la presión y más adelante se ahorcó, y ahí nadie en ayuda, no se puede hacer nada, yo por estar ayudando a gente casi ni cero, esta pierna casi no, no me funcionaba al final. Llegué ya pidiéndole a Dios que me sacara de ella, pero no es fácil. Se ve gente armada, si se ve, que se atracan. Gracias a Dios nosotros no nos asaltaron, no nos hicieron nada. Once they are processed, they are then sent to San Antonio, where they are now being processed and helped out by the city of San Antonio at a new location. But not everyone in San Antonio is happy to see the migrants come in. We're joined now by Hernando Arce, who is a part of the group Beyond the Mass San Antonio. Tell us what that title means for your organization. Well, first, first of all, thank you for having us uh, on your show here, and Mrs. Virginia. So the Beyond the Mask was an organization that started here in San Antonio in the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. Uh, so we're we're multi-activists uh, in different uh, type of topics. Of course, COVID and the vaccine and now with the immigration crisis at the border. Let me ask you this. What what are you doing right now? Because the reason you guys came to notice to us was because of your recent protests. So why don't you tell people, since we put this all over the country, where you guys are protesting and why you're protesting and what do you see on a, on a daily basis when you go out there to protest? Okay, well, that's a good question. Uh, 
So we're as uh, concerned citizens here in San Antonio, predominantly San Antonio, Texas, uh, we're uh, journalists, uh, citizen journalists, and we're documenting uh, the crisis uh, in San Antonio uh, with the migration of all these uh, quote-unquote migrants that are coming in uh, by the hundreds of thousands every month. Unfortunately, they have to come through San Antonio through uh, Department of Homeland Security um, to, to go to their final destination across the country. And this affects all 50 states. So we're, we are documenting it. We're protesting as well. We're, we're exercising our First Amendment rights to let our know, to let our local politicians, our state politicians, and of course, the federal politicians, that we are not happy with, with what's going on uh, and that we'd like to see uh, an end to this massive, massive migration that is unprecedented in this country. We've never seen this amount of millions of migrants coming in within the last a year and a half. Uh, and those are the ones that we catch, not the ones we don't catch. So this this is unacceptable to us, unacceptable to us. And, uh, you know, we've been asking for this for 40 years. And since Ronald Reagan gave them amnesty uh, 40 years ago, 2 million immigrants um, and um, and in return, we were supposed to get a wall, which we never got the wall. When you guys are out there, and I've seen some of the videos that have been sent to me uh, by another member, when you guys are out there, you try to speak to the migrants. And I hear some of the ladies are trying to um, ask them, why not go back to your country? Why not, why not fight for your country? Why not right. make change in your own country? What do they tell you? Well, there doesn't they don't really give us a good answer for that um you know in my opinion uh these these migrants these people are are, are you know uh, low information type of, uh, of uh, people in their countries i don't think they come from uh areas where they're well educated enough to to to, to really make any change in their country these are mostly uh, uh working class families and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that, uh, you know, when we when we talk to these people, and a lot of them come from countries that are communist uh, and socialist countries. Colombia just went communist with their with their lax election. Unfortunately, 90, 85, 90 percent of these countries in South America and Central America, just to name that part of the world, are are run by socialist countries, and uh, and as we can see, the system doesn't work. So, um, to answer your question. Yes, we would like for them to to uh, stay in their country, and they want to stay in their country. They don't want to come to America. Most of them, they're very prideful people. I get it. I would be prideful too if I came from Venezuela or or Peru or Ecuador or in these countries. Um, mind you, a lot of them coming from Africa, China, Asia, uh, Europe. But speaking to the Latinos, since I'm Latino, American Latin, my parents came from Colombia. But they came in the 60s and they came through the proper procedures. Uh, to get back to your question, uh, I think that it's not something that they're willing to do or can do. Uh, but since this administration has opened up, opened up the doors to these people uh, and it's in Biden's campaign promise that, yes, the borders are open. Come on in, open borders. Uh, and as well as these not-for-profit NGO organizations are also uh, saying that in, in loud microphones that yes come and we can help you so if you put out the carrot they will come you keep putting out a carrot 
for free services and legal services and NGOs and UNICEF with the United Nations with this migrant uh, program that we are involved in. A lot of people don't know this, but when Trump was president, Donald J. Trump was president, he took us off that United Nations immigrant immigration program. Uh, and when Biden came in, he put us back into that United Nations program. Uh, there was also a stay in Mexico program with the Title 42. And also catch and release was, was not, uh, we did not have catch and release during the president of Donald Trump, which is why we had the lowest um, numbers of uh, migrants crossing the border during those four years. So I'm giving you, I'm giving you a lot of uh, answers to one question, but I'm just trying to paint a picture here for it's, everyone it's to understand. Okay. It's okay, and we understand. So uh, let me ask you this. So we're a nation of loss, and if we're discussing right. the loss, do you think your time would be better your lies. spent if you protested against Amy. the politicians? Because ultimately, the politicians are the ones that should be writing the laws and changing the laws that are in the book that are allowing for so many people to come in. But we have yet to see anyone really put anything on the floor in Washington, Washington DC, in the Capitol, with some real change that can pass through both sides of the aisle. The politicians write the laws. So don't you Correct. think they bear some of the burden of what we're going through right now? Yes, and that's a good question, and you're correct, yes. But look at what one administration within one and a half years has done without any laws being changed, without adding any new laws. Look at the Trump administration and look at the amount of people that came through the border and look at the Biden administration that within one and a half COVID. years. That was during COVID, which is an issue because right. we're, we're coming out of COVID. So that's my question to you. Why not put more pressure? What would you say to the politicians? I mean, you guys feel so strongly that you are going there and I commend you because you're doing what other people don't do. You're going out there and you're protesting and you're saying this is wrong and you're taking time from your day, from your work and your families to go out there and say this is wrong. Yeah, we are taking time out. And uh, our, our federal politicians have failed us, our state politicians have failed us, and now we're seeing that our local San Antonio politicians have failed us. We've been asking this for 40 years, so ever since Ronald Reagan, like I said before, gave us uh, the amnesty for $3 million in, in return for a wall. Uh, yes, we, we can reach out to our, our administrations, that, and they just have to reinforce the laws. Already, the laws are already on the books. It's just that they don't have the political will to, to enforce the law. But we don't live in a law. We don't live in a country of laws. We live in a post-constitutional country where there has to be political will. And unfortunately, the Democratic Party are all in with open borders because they have an agenda with the United Nations and this uh, no border policy, this utopia. And this is not just happening in our country. It's happening in Europe. It's happening in France, Italy, Spain. They're having the same problems Western countries are, have, are having. So yeah, this and, is I, a and I have personally yeah. been there and I have personally gone to Europe and I've reported right. on the same problems that they are having there and opening right. up as they did before for the Syrian. Over a million Syrians went into Germany a few years ago. So I yep. understand what you're saying there with that. Right. Let me ask you okay. this. If we have asylum laws in the books and people are taking advantage of the asylum laws, shouldn't yes. the law be changed? Well, Yes, I mean, if 
you could change the law or we can do better vetting. I don't work for Homeland Security. I'm a regular guy, but we already see what's really happening here. These people are being coached by these not-for-profit uh, attorney organizations, the lobby, the, the lawyer lobbies, which are making millions and millions of dollars through grants, through FEMA and Homeland Security to help these people. And they, they are coaching them what to say when they reach the borders so they can qualify for amnesty, for asylum refugee status. There are over 150 countries that are coming in through the South border. Are you telling me that 150 countries are experiencing genocide or mass flooding or some sort of civil war? No, they're not. The only war I know is Ukraine. And there's a very small percentage of Ukrainians coming from the border. So we are being played by the system. And unfortunately, it's being coordinated with not-for-profit like the, the Catholic Church, the Methodist Church. They're in bed with this as well, uh, these faith organizations. And we all I know why the Catholic Church is doing this. The pews are empty every Sunday. Of course, these people are coming in. A lot of them are Catholics, and they want those pews full. And they want that 10%. So that's what their interest is. But I'm not happy with my Catholic church. And I'm a Catholic. I'm a Roman Catholic. So, you know, to answer your question, uh, does the asylum laws need to be changed? No, they need to be affected and they need to be uh, enforced. And we need to not, uh, you know, just play the game that these are all people that are refugees. I was just at a, an, an event this week from the uh, Sheriff Salazar. And even the people in the pews in, in, the, in, the, in that podium were saying that they're coming here for economic reasons. And they admitted it. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stay for more than an hour because it was, it was a waste of time with all these organizations. What is your biggest concern right now seeing the number of migrants that are coming into the country? What is your number one concern? My number one concern is when is enough enough? There are 7 billion people in this planet. The majority of the countries in this planet are third world countries, I would say. A good majority are third world countries. United States is the shining hill on, is the shining star in the hill, right? We, we cannot be the nanny state for the entire world. We can't have an open border policy with refugee asylum and having uh, have a welfare system it's going to overrun the system what's happening now we're going to see the effects of within two to five years 10 years we're not going to recognize our country uh, the fiber of the country will be changed forever understand that most of the people that come here do not assimilate to the american ideas and values and traditions that's not good but to answer your question you know, in terms of asylum and refugees and, and being part of this United Nations migrant program, I think we have to put a memorandum on all immigrations today, end it, stop it until we know who's here and we get a better feel of what's going on. There are over a million cases being on hold for these asylum seekers, over a million. It was 600,000 two years ago. Now with this influx, it's over a million. The, the system is already at, breaking, at the breaking level. There is something called the Cloward-Piven strategy. I don't know if you've you heard of the Cloward-Piven strategy. And that's also uh, two professors from New York City, Columbia University. And, you know, I don't believe in conspiracies and I don't believe, but I don't believe in, in uh, coincidence either. I don't believe in conspiracies, but I don't, I don't believe in coincidence. 
I believe this is done intentionally. And I believe it's been an ideology. I don't believe in borders. I don't believe in sovereignty of our country. And this is what we're fighting against. This is what we're up against. As much as we are the most charitable country in the world, when it comes to being charitable and, and compassion, we are the number one compassionate country in the world, but there are 7 billion people in this planet and we can't afford to have them coming by the millions and millions and tens of millions every year. As, as harsh as that sounds, it's realistic. And I think our, our politicians are too afraid and too scared to admit it. I believe we need to get out of the United Nations migrant program, get out of the UN, get out of UNICEF, stop these NGOs from, uh, with grants that we're giving hundreds of millions of dollars and by the way, they're taking it from the COVID pandemic uh, relief money. I've seen it here in San Antonio. And also, uh, we need to stop. Uh, so we need to close the border, stop the NGOs, and stop the 550 cities that have sanctuary cities in this country. We need to make it against the law for sanctuary cities. We need to stop with the carrot, handing out the carrot, because if we don't, they're going to keep on coming and coming and coming until our country has... Uh, it's, it will collapse. And I don't want that for my country. And I don't want that for my neighbors. What's human, what humanitarian, I'm looking out for the humanitarian of my fellow Americans. That's humanitarian. I think, unfortunately, the mass media do not educate the citizens in this country about what's really happening. There are some really good journalists out there. I don't know if you want me to name their names out there in the border that are doing really, really good work. Um, and I wish the media would do a better job in educating its citizens on what's really happening and the cost of what's happening in terms of what's going to cost the taxpayers. And I'll just throw these numbers out here that are, have been uh, put together by an organization called FAIR, F-A-I-R.org. In this country, we have already spending per year, this includes the cities and states and federal, over $130 billion a year, $130 billion, would it be? on all these migrant services, which includes hospitalization, medical, right, schools, and the court systems. Understand there are a lot of migrants in, this, in, the, in, this, in the federal government's uh, state and federal jailhouses and federal prisons that should not even be here, but they've broken the law, okay? So, and with this new influx of migrants, we're gonna see to go up to five, 15, 20 million by the end of the Biden administration. That number is gonna go from 130 billion a year to close to 200 billion a year, $200 billion a year, which we don't have. Anyway, we're $32 trillion in debt. So you think the government cares? No, they keep spending their money. Again, this comes back to the cloud. We're pivoting strategy. We're dealing with, a, with an organizations out here that are now looking out for the American uh, people. And I think unfortunately they're, they're purposely trying to overwhelm the system to bring in their utopian, uh, Marxist, and I'll say it's Marxism, and I'm not done with Marxism, and I, I would think most Americans aren't. Unfortunately, a lot of them are drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking Marxism is better, uh, but they should try to go visit some other socialist, communist country and see how the, they'll fare out. I'm sorry, they'll probably want to come back as refugees within a, within a few months. <laughs> well, Hernan, I want to thank uh, you uh, for speaking with us today and sharing your views, and also plain out and simple, being able to go out and exercise your right as a U.S. citizen to protest. Sometimes it may not be the popular thing. We may not believe for the, you know, the same things that everybody else do, but at least for going out and exercising, 
you know, your rights as a U.S. citizen to protest. So thank, thank you, you for joining us. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Immigration Crisis, The Fight for the Southern Border. I'm Jamie Virgin in San Antonio, Texas. We'll see you next time. <laughs>